Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, Moon Knight, episode four, two-thirds of the way through this show. Let's introduce the panel. First, the super producer, Jake Christie, is in the house. Jake, how are you? I think I'm fully recovered from my uh, Morbius viewing, uh, in case you're wondering when this episode is recorded. Uh, I think I'm, so I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, it only took a couple weeks, but you're there. Uh, and Jerome Chang, a.k.a. Black Dragon Roll, is in the house. Jerome, how are you, my man? I'm living a blessed life, having never watched Morbius. Yo, shout out to us, Jerome. Shout out to us. Jake, (laughs) listen, Jake, you deserve all the credit. You deserve all the love for going out on the battlefield. You know how it's really helped me? Yeah. Uh, Jake, you know how it's helped me having you watch it? It's because people will say... Yeah, I know. They say movies are bad. I'm like, no, 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 no. My friend who revels in watching a bad movie mm-hmm. says this is not worth watching. So that's It's just because, you know. as, as I said, and I'll let you move on, this is going to be old hat by the time this goes up. But to watch a movie that is so joyless and being bad is really just something that I can't ever recommend. It's the worst kind of bad movie, oh. you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, shout out to Jake once more. I definitely am saying this with the presumption that even though we are recording it just mere days after its release, I still don't believe by the time that this pod is out that I will have seen Morpheus. <laughs> no, you you honestly should never see it. Like no no BS. Yes. Like you, you really should. <laughs> hey, I'm really I'm really trying not to. Um, but but no, nonetheless, like, I, it, it's actually really easy. Like you're saying you're trying to. It's actually really easy not to see it. You guys don't need to see it. <laughs> No, that's really I won't. Jake, Jake, yeah, Jake's made the but point. See, like, it's, it's one of those things where like you see it maybe like pop up. On, like thank God, thank goodness I don't have cable. But you know, if I'm you know flying somewhere and it's like yeah. two hours to kill, and you're just like, you know what? Maybe I do it. No, I won't no, do it. I swear to you, there's going to be no. a better movie to choose from. Anyway, this is this is too long of a riff for an episode that's going to come out in like three and a half weeks. Oh, shout out to Moon Knight, and I'm sure we're going to get into some more riffs later. But this episode, guys, was absolutely fantastic. I think in terms of Marvel TV to this point, what we've gotten from Marvel Studios and the Disney Plus stuff, this was up there for me. There was just so much shit happening. Yeah. Like, it was just a lot. So let's get let's get some general thoughts. Jerome, I'll start with you. What did you take away from this? Because it just was so many things going on. Um, it, 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 this is the funny part where we spent three episodes praising how quickly it moved and how much it moved things along. And then we'll get there to the end of this episode. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like what, what, what do like we built to something that like, obviously a lot of things that happened already, like we'll have some significance in one way or another but definitely in the kind of way that we are we were meant to be kind of following on a pretty linear plot in terms of uh following just the different personalities and obviously the mission uh whether it's just the conflict between the two gods like all that together and then we get to that ending and it's uh it's a little reminiscent i mean i and i don't remember the details uh and i would have to watch it again but it, it does remind me a little bit of legion Mm-hmm. I watched yes. the first few episodes of Legion and remind yes, me yes. too. Yes, yes, I agree with you, Jerome. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it, yeah. it definitely. But, uh, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's a fun time, and this is, 
And especially for us, this is the first point so far in watching because, again, we are, we've been talking about it on each episode. We were able to watch the first four. Now we're stuck in the same place of like, what the hell is going to happen next without being able to click right forward? And we have the fun part of not getting to find out for weeks. Yes. Yes. Very excited about that. We love it. <laughs> this this episode really, really went left, and we'll get to that later. But as far as Jake is concerned, with your general thoughts, I know you've been waiting to talk about this particular part of it yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. But the what we get with Layla and Mark and Steven in this episode, we got a little love triangle. Really? Truly a love triangle between one person and then two personalities of the same person is so unbelievably my shit. I can't even, the words don't even describe. Like, I, as you, you all know, I was very much on the corner of Sylvie and Loki being in a relationship is really compelling and not that weird. Shut the fuck up. And I feel the same <laughs> way about this. Like, it's just like, it is, it's something I've never seen before. I'm sure that other media has done it before where someone's in love with different personalities someone has. But the bit, the bits of comedy too, with like if you if you touch her, I will throw you, I will throw us off a cliff. And when he punches him, like all that stuff is really, really funny. And I think the thing that this episode did really well, because of how it goes left at the end, is that it didn't. A, a couple of major questions that were raised in episodes two and three, it answered or at least gave a lot of information on before it got to where it went left. Specifically, the love triangle bit, where like they kind of obviously, you know raise the idea of it a bit in episode three in you know and you feel it coming and so you're wondering if they're gonna what how much they're gonna address it like i think a lot of shows if they didn't have it the ending of this episode would wait till like episode five or six to have any culmination and also Mm. that they don't wait that long like it isn't a season i mean a series finale reveal um about mark's presence at layla's father's death like i was really happy that they got through that because I think that so many times TV shows make the mistake, especially ones that are longer than six episodes, of being like, okay, let's introduce this mystery in episodes one. And we won't reveal it until episode seven, but we won't give any information until then either. So you're just going to be waiting. But like, it's like, no, like, uh, you know, Harrow rate brought this up. Things about, happen when know, they should. Yeah, exactly. Like, it makes sense that the next time Harrow would see Layla, Layla would be like, yo, what was up with that thing you said about Mark and my father? It wouldn't make a lot of sense if they had waited another six conversations you know yeah absolutely and i think with that specifically it's one of those things where in this uh what they call limited series yeah as much as you want as much as you want to take the time to kind of flesh things out this is an example of a a plot device that should be resolved relatively quickly in the sense that we get to an answer and then now we let the characters deal with that but the interesting question is, how do the characters deal with that when you have this left turn, which we'll get to uh, sooner or later? But this episode, man, so you have the love triangle stuff. You have the archaeology kind of Indiana Jones, like really Indiana Jones. I got t- big Temple of Doom vibes. Um in the, in that's the, usually a bad thing i know you don't mean it as that but if you're yeah, yeah, yeah. doing the big temple of doom it would be a bad thing <laughs> but but yeah from that standpoint like i just i i like the i like the idea of seeing more of these weird creatures that we kind of come upon in this in this episode even more and just 
it was just the, it continued the it continued the like cool vibes that this show was on before it, it takes the left turn. So, uh, Jake, I kind of wanted you to continue on with with that like that aspect of it as they're searching yeah. for the 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 sarcophagus and everything. I think it did a lot of it. It was very fun and pretty basic in terms of like the there wasn't a lot of you know major. Da Vinci Code shit of like figuring out it was like very quickly like his voice would be I mean Amit's voice would be her avatar therefore they would be in the tongue like I, I thought that obviously that's kind of easy but I think that you need to move that quickly but I think that the you know drone guy like the guy who is you know clearly some type of um I don't even know what like some type of spirit or something mm-hmm. um I think brings a whole new element into it of like while we have been talking about mystical stuff we haven't you know mummies and you know other like ghosts and all all that whatever it is hasn't really been entered in yet and the human sacrifice element even feels like even though we know the harrow is in some really dark stuff i think that it even like kind of real it gives a level of brutality that i think is needed um, because I think that while it's clear that Harrow will do whatever he needs to do in order to accomplish his goal, it's really interesting to see it where it's like, oh no, like this is like the guy who gets sacrificed is a guy that we had seen as like a friend of his before. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like he's clearly willing to do the worst things possible and it doesn't need to be pointed out. I just thought that that was really effective the way that they introduced that. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and Jerome, how about you? Like in terms of, I mean, just the scene, like we get, uh, as Jake mentioned, we get a dude, uh, the dude literally getting his organs taken out, uh, stuff like that. We haven't seen before in, 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 uh, this Disney plus stuff. So how did you, how did you receive that? Um, but yeah, I, I think this is kind of the fun stuff that we like about, uh, Marvel or MCU in general, where it can dive into more of the genre type films. Like we like it when it's a spy thriller, we like it when it's space, we like it when it's something like this, where it's kind of like a mission, like you mentioned Indiana Jones, I think I was thinking a little bit, and this was kind of like early and throughout and just some of the more madcap fun side of it. It like reminded me of like the mummy Mm -hmm. and those movies, which I always had like a good time watching, or at least I remember from before. Um, And so, yeah, I I think on those fronts, you know, uh, it's great that it kind of dives into it. And also like, it's great because it's for the same reasons of just it feels less um less connected to MCU yet like so not yet but like eventually and that they lean into there and eventually we'll get out on the other side like that's fine whenever it happens but you know Jake's mentioned it a couple times over like just build out this micro universe or micro world first for a while and kind of do all those kind of fun things cuz then it gives us an opportunity to actually enjoy something that feels like a new flavor in MCU. Oh yes, the 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 flavors are very apparent, specifically in this episode. Um, I stand, I I'm starting to stand for Layla. Layla in this episode was, mm-hmm. man, she was all over the map, man, from the beginning of the episode where she where they where they're about to attack her and Steve mm-hmm. and a laid out Steven, and mm-hmm. she uses the flare to distract those dudes. Uh, you got that part. You got the just where she is personally with Mark and Steven and the smittenness that she has with Steven. 
so you smell like mm. him and stuff like that. It's just like like Jake like Jake was talking about earlier. Like the vibes of that is just so much fun. I just I just love I just love it, that stuff. It's specifically I think it's unsaid, which I think is also an incredibly interesting uh, topic that I've seen explored. I think it's really explored well in the '80s movie Starman of. What would it be like if there was someone with a different personality in the body of a person that you loved? Inherently, there's already that initial attraction. So, like, even if even before she starts to really kind of love Stephen the person, she is attracted to him because he is Mark, and that's confusing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think that that's played really interestingly, and you kind of get it. And as I talked about last week, like you understand why she's interested in Stephen because she, he looks like Oscar Isaac, but is not a dick, you know, and like <laughs> it's good. And then, and then, and then, on top of that, he's he's honest with her. And mm-hmm. when it when it comes to the idea of protecting her, as Stephen but goes like on to super say, super low bar, like honest with her, like, super, yeah. like sometimes just, that like, all reveals yeah. the smallest truths. Like, if anything, um, it it is definitely a credit to Stephen, but like so much an indictment on Mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, the thing is, if you're much. willing to marry, if you're willing to marry Mark Spector, your bar for honesty is actually pretty low already. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, because that's really all it, that's really all it took just for, just for him. Like to Stephen s- could have just like sat, sat with her. Uh, sorry. Stephen could just like have sat with her just like shortly and just like showed a small bit of vulnerability. Like I sometimes cry. And then that would have mm-hmm. been like, what a deep, mm-hmm awful person who still looks like my husband um we don't even know uh in the experience that Layla's had with uh this because we've gone at length about a potential third personality like maybe mark is actually the better version of someone else that she's encountered so this mm-hmm. guy is just like the nicest man that has ever existed in all mm-hmm. of humanity oh more on that later um the 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 funny the 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 funny part of what this show has kind of has kind of done at least for me to this point is how they've just kind of mixed all of the different types of elements of things that you will want. You have your nice little touch of romance, a nice little touch. They're not heavy with it. They're not like, you know, they're not laying it on thick. You have that. The plot does not, does not it's still, even to this point, even as we... You have to give him credit just because you mentioned that, AC. Like, MCU is not always good at romance. No. So no, yeah, when you say they don't lay it on thick, I'm like, that's, like... That's like if I say I want to eat better and someone's like, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have fun sometimes. Like, the problem is not that I'm... Like, the MCU is never mm-hmm. going to lay it on too thick with romance. The problem is they just don't yeah, do yeah, it at yeah, all. Yeah. They like, they actually never have had that problem. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and at the same time, too, like, whenever they do, they just, like, do it so awkwardly. Like, or Yeah, but anyway, just, you are anyway. right that they are... They, that you were saying about the plot. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. yeah, the plot, the plot, like, before we get to the end here is... Like I, f- I have felt this entire time watching this show that they've done a good job of just balancing the character work and making that the making that the more important thing than the actual story itself. And I think that yeah. and I think that continues here, and it allows these twists to mean more and ha- and be more substantial as we get towards the end. And I think as far as uh, our pal Arthur is concerned. Seeing him in this episode continue to be a hundred steps ahead and mm-hmm. and uh, basically coerce Layla to a degree to his side by just telling her the truth um, was a was a nice little stroke and that's the thing like and I, I talked about it uh, 
an episode. I, I wouldn't say it was so much that he coerced her to her side as much as he just planted doubt that they fall apart. Like, it's more mm-hmm. of a divide and conquer than it is. Like, I don't think at any point, like, Layla is like, well, I'm clearly going to join Team Arthur at this point. Well, yeah, that's a fair point. Poor choice of words on my part. But I think I think the thing about what Arthur's doing is it doesn't even feel nefarious. He's just telling her the truth of of what of what happened in the situation and it allows that divide to happen towards the end, which which is funny as we as we get to that as Layla the first fights the fights the creature in the cave and then Arthur comes and talks to her. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Stephen, which was a fun, which was a fun scene as he reaches into the sarcophagus to get the, uh, to get the avatar. That was, uh, that was a so- nice nod. Quote, Sorry, Mr. Great is just a plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's great stuff. So when we get to, when we get to when Layla shows up to, to Steven and then wants to talk to Mark, it completely changes. It completely changes everything. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was honestly kind of like yelling at the screen, like, can y'all just get out of here? Like y'all wasting all this time arguing. And, mm-hmm. uh, and this person ends up coming. So we get to where, where Arthur shows up and Mark confronts him. And then we get something very interesting where Arthur shoots him. Arthur shoots him twice, and mm-hmm. at that point, I'm wondering, oh, what the hell's happening? So then he goes into the water, and then mm-hmm. it, it turns from like the the camera shot. I actually like the way that they they switched that up mm-hmm. as opposed to like this was a shallow water, and then it turned into something mm-hmm. deep. And then we get this this like old school kind of like '80s uh, TV look where we see a different Stephen Grant, one on one on mm-hmm. video, apparently. And we are led to an asylum of some sort. And guys, and uh, and I'll throw it, I'll throw it to you, Jerome, first on this. When this moment happened and you see that he's in an asylum, what did you think? What was your first thought? Um yeah, well, it's it's the part in between that you describe. Uh, and like, shout out, this is obviously not a vid- visual medium, but Jake with the community shirt, it was a very, like, suddenly yes. we were watching Inspector Space Time mm-hmm. in that moment. Um, it was actually I next mean, bit also reminded me of another bit in community where the third season clip show episode when John Hodgman's character is like, you're all in a Greendale asylum. Like, it reminded me very much of that. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, fantastic episode. I mean, in terms of how this all plays out, that could we could be referencing that more often. Actually. Yeah, I, I actually do think so. That's part of my point. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> but yes, uh, and so I think that was a really good transition point because it could have just been like uh, he wakes up in a straitjacket, like in an asylum, but like having that in between, and it's like a double switch where you're like, what the hell is going on? Why are we watching this? And then it leads into hearing, yes, the name Stephen Grant, and then like all that going. And then suddenly we're in the asylum. Um, yeah, I mean, w- when we talked about this uh, series, like, again, when I was watching it for the first time, I didn't know this was like two thirds of the way through. So <laughs> to me, I was just like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here, like a nice little fourth thing. And then we're going to see for like the next six episodes how this plays out. And I'm just like, Oh no, 
this is like a big switch and we're heading to like a grand finale. And um, so the my first reaction was just like, okay, here's the wrench in it. Pretty cool. They gave us like this fake intro to this character uh, going in. And then once I find out that this is the majority of the season already covered, I'm like, oh, no, this is like we talked about a left turn, but this can't be a left turn in the way that it blows everything up. It's a left turn in terms of like, like for both the viewer and probably for the protagonist too, it is supposed to be a bit of a misdirect that's going on. And we don't know how much of it is true or not because we talk about like him arriving, but like the very last shot of the uh, episode itself makes us kind of go back and wonder like, wait a minute. Um, This isn't just like a regular asylum or that we know of yet but yeah. i'm gonna pass to jake at that point yeah go ahead jake to pick up I th- the thing for me is that i honestly i think that maybe there it might be true that he got the identity of stephen grant from a character but sure just generally with the production design of the asylum at no point and i definitely don't and i'd be shocked if it was as far as i'm concerned this is pretty clearly all in his head or some type of illusion only mm. because only asylums and movies and tv look like this and like also based on what just happened just, like this yeah. could easily be a classic purgatory type scene. yeah no yeah this no this could be a jacob's ladder situation mm-hmm. um but like so i i think that and i think that i think they kind of want you to think maybe it's real but like i said like unless marvel I, I just have way too much respect and understanding for marvel's respect and understanding of actual <laughs> mental illness for them to actually try to convince us that this is what an actual asylum in the year 2022 looks like it just th- right. it all it was all it, it felt like an asylum made from clips of asylum movies in 1985 you know well, what i mean like, know, it really didn't feel like in mcu or disney plus yeah it was like the tva yeah exactly yeah and so and I think also, like, you mean to tell me that, uh, you know, Ethan Hawke's psychiatrist just so happens to have all this ancient Egypt stuff in his office. Um, but I thought that, and I think that even watching it with that eye that I don't actually think it's real, I think it's incredibly interesting because I think it's illuminating as to what Mark thinks about himself and how I love when you see all these other characters show up. Like that's always a fun thing for me when you see in a movie or TV show where yeah. someone is imagining a world and you see these are just regular people around them. Um, I thought that, uh, what's her, um, I pause I don't have her name up. The actress who plays Layla. I thought she was incredible as this crazy person, like with the <laughs> doing thing where you grip the sleeves and like, I thought that was mm-hmm. great. But, um, I think the end of it was really fun. Um, even before the hippo, uh, yes, because it's just fun to see Mark and Steven interact with each other. Um, and also what gave it away that it wasn't real is, I mean, come on. Uh, I know that there's some cost cutting in asylums these days, but no one's sleeping in a tomb. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think that like, I wouldn't even want to call it a left turn. Cause I don't think that like, I think that it, we might stay here for another full episode, but I don't think it's going to be like, this is an action. I think this is kind of a, detour yeah, if anything, a left but... turn, but yeah, yeah cuz the left turn would imply that we're undoing a lot of the things that happened and also we're changing no. the course of it but mm-hmm. if anything exactly. like you said it's yeah 
I think that whatever whatever actually is happening, I think that it is not something that is actively changing what has previously happened. I think, like I said, I think a detour is a good way of saying it. Like it's a branch yeah. off, and I think we can explore some more stuff. And I'm excited to see maybe somehow Arthur is controlling it. Maybe it's not in his head. Maybe it's like a trance of some kind. I don't know. I'm I almost wonder if it's a psychic prison of some sort. Um, yeah, that's the best thing that I could come up with now. Now I know, like this asylum aspect is kind of based off of a of a moon knight run uh jeff mm. uh, jeff lemire uh wrote that where for a while mark specter started to like wonder wait was i really a hero or was i really like this moon knight person or mm. am i just crazy like that's that was uh something that that took place in the comic so they're taking a little bit of that element in it I mean, he's holding the figurine in the asylum right which, so you like, have that like- avatar aspect of it too yeah, and then the other thing too is just like if we were to believe that's all true, then that means that figurine has to have a source from somewhere. Someone created that figurine, so that character idea exists somewhere. Right, exactly. So, yeah. so it's man, th- that was fun. It was that part mm-hmm. of it was fun just to kind of see Mark, especially he's hopped up on he's hopped up on uh, drugs and stuff like that, and then we see the and then we see this version of Arthur. And to your point earlier, Jerome, when you mentioned Legion, yeah, heavy Legion vibes with that whole setup uh, in the in the asylum. So, like, uh, I'm just fa- I'm just fascinated to see where this goes. But one thing I noticed as so, like, first Mark obviously gets through the guards, and he and then he gets Stephen out, and it's the two of them, which that part was interesting. Then they pass by another coffin, mm-hmm. um, and one and that's Mephisto, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought, I actually thought it really was Jake Lockley in the mm. coffin, thinking it that could be, yeah. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it doesn't really make sense because you didn't see like a keg next to the coffin so mm-hmm. like there's just no yeah and way he wasn't he this. wasn't like banging yeah. to like speed metal beats so I don't really know exactly well no I think in fact he was just in there thinking that critical race theory was not a thing <laughs> <laughs> there we go I see <laughs> so so I, I I'm looking I'm looking forward to eventually like they're holding on to that reveal like that what like what that third personality Completely. is no when when it opens up and we see him come out of the self tanning band bed like we'll know there's Jake Locke <laughs> exactly <to join> the <laughs> but yeah I I agree I think that no, no matter what it is I think that they are very intentionally giving clues to the third personality because we obviously knows know it exists because he killed all those people in uh, episode three. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the Jake Lockley card at this point is like they presented this kind of detour of, you know, they're going to have to solve this problem. And the moment that they think they got everything kind of sorted, I think that's where we throw our final wrench. That is Jake Lockley. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And man, so now that we're two thirds of the way through, and obviously this episode ends with us seeing the Egyptian god, aka. Uh, hippo Tarwet, I think is how it yeah Tarret yeah there we go uh th- that's who we see at the end and that hippo, was a t- like wait Tarret is the name how do we how are we spelling this um it's T A W E R E T 
Tarret. Okay. Tarret, yeah. Tarret, yeah. The goddess Tarret portrayed as a bipedal hippopotamus with limbs like those of a feline. Hmm. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. She she is the god of protection. Uh, I mean, hippos, if if I had to pick an animal to protect myself, the hippo would be pretty high up on the list. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I we'll see we'll see where that goes, but where where do we see this going? Like what this this feels like in when I think about some of the other shows that we've watched, there hasn't been like like usually we have sometimes theories of things that might happen, but there hasn't been something like this where it doesn't feel as predictable where you kind of just on I, for the ride and you're cool. But go ahead, Jake. Well, there's no Marvel end goal. That's why. Yes, yes. I think – I don't know actually what will happen. But from a storytelling perspective, from what Mark Spector and Stephen Grant need to do in order for their arcs to be completed, I think in some way, shape, or form, the only way he can get out of this trance, purgatory, mind prison is for him to make peace with his multiple identities. Whether that be Mark Spector revealing to Stephen Grant that he's not actually real, that – there's some like some type of thing happened with two people's soul. Like whatever the truth about Stephen Grant is, I think will need to be revealed in order for him to get out. And I think that that will be the hard thing because he's obviously even as angry as he is with him, he has grown affection for Stephen Grant and that he's seen the value of him. And I think that whatever they have to do in order to get out, he needs to resolve that because that tension is still not resolved. Yeah. Like I think for you, AC, just like another reference point, um, that I think about is Doom Patrol. So it's either like what you look at like with Negative Men mm. or with Crazy Jane. Like those are characters that, you know, their struggle is their lack of, their inability to achieve balance and inability to achieve peace within. Mm-hmm. Um, and so exactly to Jake's point. And I think that's also like we make jokes about it. Like I think we need to, resolve between the two to create the third conflict that happens mm. between because like i think if anything if this jake lockley is anything like we've <laughs> described him to be uh or even that we've speculated in in actual seriousness um you're gonna need the two of them together to go up against something like that is the way i feel about it but i think yeah ultimately um like i i guess like the interesting questions for me are things like how much of a threat really is Arthur Harrow in all of this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Or the, am- the Amit part. Like, yeah. Yeah. The Amit part. Like, is this, is this all really just like to help serve and push forward again? Like everything that Jake talks about in terms of resolution, or is there something really there that, you know, Moon Knight is supposed to actually stop from happening because, um, I would say, and this is kind of, again, where we go back to the larger larger MCU, there's nothing immediate that jumps in front of me that tells me that that needs to be resolved in order to move the larger universe story forward. Mm-hmm. Nor there, is there anything that it can offer there in terms of adding conflict to the kind of things that we see going forward. Like, um, one thing that it can do, and you've talked about it, AC, at, uh, at um, some points, is just that it creates this like alternate world with all these different characters. Um, and that's like where all those things can live within. But otherwise, like, yeah, there's no really figuring that part out. I, I think for me, I just like kind of lean into like 
the characters I like in this and what I'm just kind of hopeful for. So definitely, obviously, like Moon Knight, definitely want to see more of that. Layla, I don't want to see kind of diminish. Like, I definitely want Layla to have more of a role um, moving forward, uh, even in the larger scape, uh, like the larger um, universe. I, I would say Ethan Hawke's Arthur Harrow is like the one character I can go without, not because it's a bad character, not because Ethan Hawke is like done a poor job. It's he's yeah. been a really fantastic villain, but again, it's just like one of those things that it, it, I, I am trying to figure out what it, like what is his character meant to serve in the larger Moon Knight story, and I don't know if it's mm-hmm. just like to serve this initial figuring out the way Jake has talked about it or to present a larger adversary moving forward. I think, I don't think he actually, I can't imagine him being a larger adversary going forward only because he is, the thing that makes him interesting is that he's single-minded. Like he is not, he's not a super villain in that. Like he has no delusions of grandeur. He wants to do this one thing and either he's Mm -hmm. successful at it or not. Like he has no animosity towards, but the uh, argument is like, if he's successful in the specific thing that he wants to do, that is a world changing thing. Correct. I, I guess what I was saying yeah. is that I actually disagree with you. I think that this is going to be resolved by the end of this. Um, I do too. Just be, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, just because they kind of said it out. Yeah. yeah, and so I, my ultimate guess, and I could be wrong, but just generally watching stories as I have in my life mm-hmm. is the classic, Emmett gets what he wants, and then it, in addition with Moon Knight, backfires on him. Like, I don't think sure, that he sure. is going to like what happens when uh, – when, uh, when, I don't think Arthur's going to like it when Emmett takes over the world, but that would be my guess. But AC, what, what, what's mm-hmm. your thoughts? Well, I think – well, we one one thing is they're gonna have to both Mark and Stephen to Jerome's point earlier. They're gonna have to figure out the the whatever the situation that they have going on with each other, and then how this new god hippo plays into this. And then you still got a free Kanchu, so mm-hmm. to, to get the suit back. So we have all that to go with with um just a couple of episodes left. The Arthur part of it is interesting because, like, what is what is the actual? Well, we kind of know what the end game is to free Amit, but what is that going to look like when that happens? Usually, you know, will will there be a struggle of sorts, like Jake was saying? I, you know, I don't know how that's going to look, or is it going to be something where where there's going to be a, a a different type of uh look at this or maybe he's just going to embrace it. I don't I'm not sure. I th- I like the fact that I'm not sure and I like the fact that this this again feels this feels different than the usual story where you have your your pre uh finale setup where you kind of know that hey there's going to be a big fight, but there's more questions to answer about uh, both Mark and Steven before we get there. And I think that part is what makes this show interesting is again, like the story is cool. I, I like, I, I don't have no problem with it, but I'm kind of looking forward to seeing these two talk it out and, and work thing and work things out and then hopefully get the third guy in there to, to, you know, to, to kick some ass. I mean, if anything, what we can rest on, especially now that we actually have split the personalities and they actually interact with each other, is we're going to have some really fun Oscar Isaac acting back against himself. And I'm looking forward to all of that. Yeah, man, it should it should be great. Oh, boy. Such a, such a fascinating, fascinating show to not only analyze, but get into, but we... Listen to well, here. You know what? We we haven't done this in a while. Yes, because this is something like I kind of actually want to lean into. Uh, normally, we we make a light of it, but 
AC, I want some reckless speculation. Oh, you want reckless speculation? Okay. Well, I well here. Okay, I get. I'll ask. I'll ask my first question to lead off. Go ahead. How soon do we see Jake Lockley? Probably. You, you have two episodes. End of episode. End of the end episode? of episode five. End of episode five. Okay. Um, and that, in your mind, is the character, like that you think we have not been introduced. Is there anyone else that you think we haven't been introduced to yet that we're going to meet? Hmm. Probably not. This does not feel like okay. it's going to be something extra. Okay. All I right. think Jake is the Jake is the one. Jake is the one. That okay. that one is going to Thank you. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. That Jake Jake Lockley is going to be the one where we see where we see more. The only thing that I could think of otherwise is if they decide to do some post credit with some some new villain as yeah, continue. I feel like there's gonna have to be because like that just seems like the Marvel thing to do. Like I don't think Marvel can exit this without giving us like something like very tangible to the larger universe, even if it's a tacked on end credit scene or something like that. Yeah, it will be less um, tacked on than the Morbius one. I'll tell you that much. Sorry, I hate <laughs> no, I you know oh, what? I know what that one is. <laughs> I I I was thinking about it and so. In the earlier episodes, this, is this this is a world that like yeah, um, Moon Knight like would interact like Blade is in play, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's always that's always possible. And, yeah, Blade okay. is in play, like any of those Midnight um, Sun type characters, Ghost Rider, sure, like all those sure. types. You, you can... uh, who's the character uh, that Kid Harrington plays? Uh, the oh, Black the Black Knight. Knight. Yeah, right. Black Knight. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean not we're dead. Yeah, we're dead. Lawrence film. <laughs> like that, that, that's, Definitely not. That's the area <laughs> that we're kind of living in. Yeah. That we think we're living in in Marvel, correct? I would say yeah. so. This is the supernatural okay. slash horror sign, aka werewolf by night, which we're getting later this year. That type of stuff. Right. That's right. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we're definitely into the very weird aspect. So I mean, it would not. It would not surprise me necessarily if they added another, if they put another character in there to kind of just be like a person. Sorry, I, I've been thinking about it ever since. It, why, why werewolf by night? Like, doesn't that seem like a redundant phrase? <laughs> it, is, it is, but yeah, that is that is that is redundant. Yeah, it is, but that's yeah. um, you know, that's what they called it. That's what Marvel. But that was like, like that was like a seventies thing, night. I think. Like it's just, it's just. <laughs> Yeah, suppose all those day worlds you got running around. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> like it would just be werewolf. <laughs> I mean, that's, but it's no. also a bad name too. So, like, I yeah. I don't know. I think that it's there's kind of a lot hard to do because you could say like the Wolfman, but that's already a thing. Yeah. Um, do you know what werewolf by night is going to take place? Where- by night. Because <laughs> like, obviously it's being played by Gael Garcia Bernal, so you could say like, uh, you know, there's an American werewolf in London, but like a Mexican werewolf in New York, you could do. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. See, like you could do things like that. Like, mm-hmm. wait, just, did you um, say Jake? Did you say where it's gonna? Where is it? Because yeah, I know I was just setting up the joke of saying a Mexican werewolf oh, in blank. Gotcha. Is yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. London. Now look um, at me really thinking about this, like seriously. Um, I mean, if you had an answer, I would have tailored my joke to that, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, like man. I'd be down for werewolf by like K N I G H T night and that's wow, like, team up like a <laughs> team up with like Moon Knight. No, what about what about werewolf by dusk where he's a werewolf just for like an hour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I golden mean... hour werewolf like would have such a pop in Instagram. <laughs> the selfies but, would be immaculate. But but funny enough, like. Yeah, I mean, you talk about team up. That's where that's where Werewolf by Night first showed up. It showed up in a Moon Knight comic. So mm, right. So that was the first iteration of it. So yeah, I could de- in that case, I could definitely see him showing up in a post credit. Just be- especially because they like to use post credits to tease new characters. They mm-hmm. and he's been you know, and they're I think they're working on the Werewolf by Night thing now. So that that feels like it could happen. Not that it's that yeah. important, but you know. And I know like the heavy thing that um, Ethan Hawke you know, says when you take whatever any of these actors say uh, with a grain mm. of salt, but that a lot of heavy rumors were that uh, since Mark Ruffalo was was uh, mm. hanging out with Oscar Isaac uh, while mm. Moon Knight was being oh, filmed. Oh, right. That, uh, what it, yeah, some I people mean, think Banner is... might show up, but you know how that goes. Okay. Why would Banner wait, show wait, up? Wait, how Ethan Hawke said that that... That was happening. yeah, because somebody somebody asked him somebody oh. I can't remember what show he did, but he was on a, he was on a, one of them late night talk shows last week. Oh yeah, I think it was I think it was probably Jimmy Fallon because that was one I didn't watch and I didn't hear anything right. that. Yeah, when, when's She Hulk due? Later in the year, because remember Miss Marvel's in okay. June, so mm-hmm. if that's right, six right. episodes, that's yeah. late summer, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, late summer, and that's just a whole. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a whole nother story. There's a lot. Of, there's gonna be a lot of Bruce Banner this year. That, that. How, how do you how do you insert Bruce Banner into Moon Knight in your mind? I mean, unless Bruce like, Banner's now the dude who's recruiting people, like maybe. Oh, okay. I mean, right. the thing yeah. to be honest with you, I think that what this conversation I think underlines for me, a thing I hope the MCU does, is while I think to begin with you should have characters team up with people they've already been in the comics and. My roommate ordered food, so that's where the buzzer was. Um, that <laughs> no, you were just correcting should... your statement. Yeah, what I think that that I actually think an opportunity that the MCU has is to like, what character do I want to see with Moon Knight next? Is like whoever is most fun. Like if mm-hmm. like I guess especially like when when you ask like, what is Moon Knight going to be next with? Since Oscar Isaac has apparently not signed another contract, the answer mm. probably will be like whoever Oscar Isaac feels like hanging out with, and if he's mm-hmm. friends with Mark Ruffalo, then like I'm sure you could write a Moon Knight Hulk thing, and I'd be you know what I mean? like not that I'd want to poo-poo totally. that, but like the, I think that that's actually the most interesting thing to me about the MCU is that like you actually just don't like you actually don't need a comic or Moon Knight and Hulk met in order for me to be okay with them being in the show. Yeah, werewolf I- by height. Where you just organizing mm. all the available werewolves from shortest to tallest. I think Alex Garcia Bernal is pretty short, so I think he'd be pretty far there down. There you the go. List. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out, shout out to those werewolves. Um, werewolf by right, that the werewolf just has a deep dive on Facebook and becomes overly <laughs> radical. No, I was seeing werewolf by right, which is like a legal drama where a werewolf gets sued for like eating like cattle, but someone defends him like it's his right to be a werewolf. <laughs> it's his right to eat cat. Yeah, no, I see that. Jake Lockwood would approve. By right. That one's good. I like that one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. We can we can definitely by might, which is just <laughs> over the top, but a werewolf. Wait, what Where... is it? Werewolf by what? Werewolf. Might. <laughs> might, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> to so much. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that that uh little special. That should be fun. But yeah, we have two episodes left of this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh I'm yeah, I'm excited to see where this where this goes. 
this this show has been fun and uh, and i'm looking forward to seeing how it ends and how it concludes and yeah episode five will be coming your way next week but for us it'll be coming uh feels like a, a couple long. weeks yeah a couple yeah. weeks yeah the, the the weight the weight really has uh <laughs> whew, it's a start it started to hit me a little bit but um yeah but no worries we'll we'll soldier on because we're not too mm-hmm. far away as of this recording we are a couple weeks away from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And that- Wait, so this episode we're this episode recording is coming out on the nineteenth of April, correct? I would No, not yeah. sorry, the twentieth of April. The twentieth of April. Twentieth. Yeah. yeah. So we'd be two weeks yep. yeah, two weeks out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. We are we're 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 getting close to answering some questions. Um, after the end of Spider-Man No Way Home and where Doctor Strange goes from there, but we have plenty mm-hmm. of time to talk about that in, in due time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerome Chang, my friend, where can we follow you? Um, you can follow me uh, at Black Dragon Roll um, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, but only by night. Mm-hmm. Yep. If he sees the follow notification come in at 8 a.m., you are getting blocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And hey, Jay Christie, where can we follow you, sir? You can follow me at the Jay Christie on Twitter. And same as last week's episode, we had recorded this originally before I had ironed out the details to the charity fundraiser. So I'm cutting myself in now and letting you know that the way it works is you donate to Equality Florida, which is an LGBTQ rights organization in Florida. Uh, the link to it is on my pinned tweet. You donate, you take a screenshot of how much you're donating for, and then you send me via a Google form, which is also in that pinned tweet, uh, the movie that you wanted to go towards. As of me recording this, we've raised over $1,300. I want that to be much higher, 5000 10000 I just want to raise a shit ton of money. Um, so please, 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 if you're listening to this and you have the money to spare, um, throw a couple dollars. Obviously, if you paid any attention to the news, they definitely could use it now. But anyway, when we recorded this live, we ended up going into a bit about uh, whether Electra or Morbius is worse. So I'm going to cut that back in. Uh, Electra or Morbius? <sighs> it's close, actually. It might. It's close, right? It honestly might. I honestly don't remember Electra. And I, 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 my gut is almost like Morbius, honestly. Because Electra so actually doesn't make a lot of sense. My gut, it's because it's like, it's the Jared Leto of it all. Like, I would just pick anything against... Especially after those details that we found out today. Oh, my God. (laughs) Worst. Oh, no, that uh, in an interview, the director confirmed the story that he was, during the scenes when he was still playing sickly, he was using his crutches and hobbling around everywhere, including to the bathroom. And it was taking him 45 minutes on bathroom breaks, so they made an agreement with producers where a producer would take him in a wheelchair to the bathroom so he wouldn't take so long. Jared Leto is out here like SZA at the Grammys. This is <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, what that's... a story. Poor, I feel sorry for that director, man. Sony really put yeah. him through it. Jared Leto really put him through it. I feel bad for him. Yeah. He sounded so he sounded so done. Like he like he didn't want to do movies <laughs> no more after it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like, what's your next movie gonna be? I don't know, but it'll be for a budget of a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that, but he might as well have. He might as well right. have. Oh my gosh. And of course you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod, and obviously we have the Patreon. Where, listen, there's you have you had the Morbius content that that Jake is doing. 
And uh, we usually give a couple episodes per month, so I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. cook something up. There's a lot of different shows. I know one thing. I may have to talk about Atlanta because what the hell is going on on that show? I'm just saying we will have to sign up on that, but I'm saying – I think we got to do. Having just watched it, I think we have to do everything, everywhere, at all once episode. I'm figuring out because watch it, it is yeah. it is a multi, especially in the context of multiverse of mm-hmm. madness. It is a multiverse movie that I would bet ten thousand dollars right now that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will be my second favorite multiverse movie of 2022. Oh. I, it, everything, everywhere, yeah, no, everything, everywhere, at once is legitimately to some degree, right? What do you say? What do you say? Aren't the Russos somewhat involved in? Like, they produced every- it. That right, yeah. it is, I'll have to see it again before I say it officially, but I mean it when I say this. I walked out of it being like, that is one of the 10 best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Period. But I think people, I really need to do something on it. It's not even that hot to take. Like, everyone has been. It's, it blew me out of the back of the theater. It's yeah. so funny. It's the most inventive movie I might, might have ever seen, but it's also like, you can be cry a couple times. Fucking incredible. Mm, if, it's, if it's still in theaters, uh, AC, I can't recommend this movie enough because it's, it is so gonzo and it's because it is all the multiversal stuff you think about okay like it's like so this one does have mephisto is what you're saying it i mean technically speaking one of the things they talk joke about is that if if you're asking like does this (laughs) multiverse i wish this video right now yeah ac just fell back (laughs) but the thing is the movie makes it clear and then when I show it, but in the universe of the movie, there is a universe with Mephisto in it because there's a universe where everything's in it. And like that's works. the great thing about it is that like whereas Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, I think we'll have fun mm-hmm. other universes. This one takes it very literally. It's like no, there is a universe where every single thing happens, <laughs> and it's right. Awesome. It's okay. There's, I'll spoil one thing that's in the trailers. There's a universe where everything's the same except everyone has hot dogs for fingers instead of regular fingers. Um, oh, it's great stuff. Incredible. Great oh, movie. Okay. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Anyway, oh, okay. All right. All right, so, man. All right. I was you, already on board, you, but yeah, you kind of you know. sold me. You kind of sold me. I, I really can't, it. guys. If you're listening, if people, other people listen to this, and it's in your town, see it. Fuck all this Marvel stuff. It can. It, and people are gonna see it. Yeah. You gonna watch this one. <laughs> people are gonna see Marvel. People are yes. gonna see Marvel stuff. Like that's they're not. It's not going away anytime soon. I'm kidding. The, the, the I'm thoughts, here for the, the Michelle Yeoh Cinematic University podcast. To be honest, the thoughts the, and the, the thoughts reflected by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, thoughts and opinions reflected by Jake Christie are not necessarily so the thoughts what, of Marvel Cinematic University. To, what I meant to say was. The Marvel movies are going to make money no matter what. I don't even know why we're going at Jake. I say this like three times. That is true. <laughs> that is true, actually. You do. Anyway. You know you know the three of us. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Appreciate everybody for supporting. 